Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Shay Says. It's your girl Jasmine Shay, your host. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast at ShaySays.com. How are we doing on this Friday? Oh, it has been a week, let me tell you. But first, everything went okay with my coloscopy. Every once in a while, us ladies gotta get our insides checked out. Of course, as we know, it can be a little painful. A little crampy, but I'm all right. We'll see how the test results come back. Uh, I found out also that I did not get my raise at my job. So as you know, I'm a central grocery worker and we got a $2 raise during this pandemic, which by the way, the pandemic's still going on, but we lost that $2 hazard pay in the beginning of July. And I just found out I've been working all of July without my other raise of 25 cents I was supposed to be getting because of an error that apparently wasn't good enough for the company. So now I do five things at my job and only get paid $11.80. So I am a cashier. I also run self-checkout because I'm over 18. I also do supervising. I also have to do Instacart and I also do interviews for the hiring staff. All of those things I do and I don't get paid for any of it besides minimum wage. So as you can see, I'm a little bit frustrated and drinking because <laughs> I gotta live my nine pin. Mm-hmm. So good, so good. So I'm a little stressed out because obviously 4th of July was a lot of dealing with the weekend, busy weekend, and people complaining because we had too many registers open and that were social distancing, but we were still busy, and then if we shut them down, we were going to be even busier, and then it was just a no-win situation. And people still like to come in, at least five of the same people come in without the same mask, <laughs> or without wearing a mask. Same five, same five, every time, every time. But we had so many big news today. The Supreme Court, I'm a little angry with because they are allowing religious groups and companies not to pay for women's birth control, which looks like I'm going to have to just prank another Hobby Lobby again. (laughs) Shame, shame, shame. However, they did kind of make up for themselves because the Southern District of New York was going after Trump's taxes and the Supreme Court decided, guess what? Trump, you've got to give up your taxes. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if he loses his election, which I hope he does, that boy going to jail. He's in trouble. Especially with Deutsche Bank. Oh, Let me see them taxes. Naya Rivera's missing. Oh, it just breaks my heart from glee. She was swimming in the lake with her son. She's presumed, unfortunately, it looks like she's presumed dead because they can't find her. She might have drowned. It's just tragic. I love Glee. And that makes you think there's actually a Glee curse. Um, As much as I can't stand the Kardashian-Jenner group, those spoiled fucking brats seem to ignore the California non-essential travel ban. They decided to just go for a little trip in Utah just to show how their privilege is. Also, please don't take Kanye West seriously at all. Please don't write his name in at all for voting. He has missed all the deadlines. Kanye West is a joke. Kanye West to me has been a joke since his mom died. Some people wanted to praise him for talking about his bipolarism. Now his bipolarism is probably going to bring down this election by saying he wants to run for office. Do not vote for Kanye. If you have to be told not to vote for Kanye, I don't think you should be voting in the first place. At all. I'm proud of myself. I actually did not cry on the fourth anniversary of my rape that just passed. 
Um, kind of a busy day, so I didn't really have time to cry. Though I cried the other day after not getting my raise at work. What else is going on? Ooh, I have a, my inner emo kit is throwing up blood because I just got another one of my favorite humans and one of my favorite bands to say, hell yeah, let's get on this podcast. So we'll hopefully link up next week. Maybe next week I'll announce who it's going to be. Still have coming up. Uh, today's episode actually is going to be with Miguel Fuller. Miguel Fuller is a radio personality and public figure down in Tampa. He is on um, 1015, Hot 1015. He is the morning host of Miguel and Holly. You can check out his Instagram at Miguel Fuller. I just adore him. I wish our, uh, our app didn't quite work for the video, but we got the audio. If you can listen to him, you can obviously listen to him. They're streaming live on their website, but he is also a cross... He does CrossFit. He is a burger enthusiastic person, or burger enthusiast like myself. Uh, we have a good conversation about just top 40 radio because I've top. I mean, I've definitely worked in top 40 in a very long time. The last radio I worked at was independent, so it's a little different with the uh, markets. But we had a great conversation about that. Um, also, gonna be sitting next down next week with Jay McBride. That is coming up. We're gonna sit down with her next week. That will probably come to you about a week or so. We're gonna do our Troy episode. On Monday, um, I went to the Troy protest that happened about a month ago. Grabbed some audio from that. Also grabbed some interviews. And I have an, uh, uh, and also it's going to be part of my interview slash podcast I had with my uh, homeboy, uh, Vernon Payne. He's going to be popping up to Cap City in a few a uh, few weeks, so we're going to catch up with him and have another little sit down. I'm hoping when I do look, make it, if I do get to make it out to LA, I will have some interviews with some of my friends out there. One of my homegirls who works for a, uh, she works for the marijuana industry. She's going to have a great conversation about that. My other friend, Michael, I'm going to meet up with, hoping to meet up with another, a few bands that I know out there, but I'm not going to give out names just because I don't want to say it. And then, you know, then it not happen, then it becomes a thing. And then... <laughs> don't want that to happen but I like being a tease I'm good at it so again remember to like follow and subscribe at shaysays.com we are on twitter at under or at says underscore shay uh, you can email us shay says podcast at gmail.com I'm still trying to figure out how to set up the voicemail but until then you can leave voicemails if you and I promise I will get to them. <laughs> if you want to call us at 518-618-4924. Again, that is 518-618-4924. But enjoy my conversation with Miguel Fuller of Hot 1015 Tampa. And I love how I have my do not disturb message up, but yet I still get text messages from my mother. <laughs> 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 always, always, always. Somehow, moms find a way to get your message. <laughs> uh, well, Miguel, thank you so much for um, joining me on my podcast. Um, when Sam, my, uh, Samantha, sent me your link, I've been like obsessed with your Instagram now. I'm like, I just want to like keep you <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, so we're just going to probably chit chat about, cause I'm, so the background with me, I used to be a former radio DJ. 
Mm. And so I used to do uh, Top 40 Rock, and then I went, I uh, just recently left, uh, this February, a uh, one of the the last longing running independent uh, alternative radio stations in the nation. Oh, wow. Um, so I, um, you know, wanted to talk to more DJs, especially uh, African-American DJs, black DJs, because there's, I feel like, especially in my area, there's so few, mm, um, but mm-hmm. also in such a big market like uh, Tampa Bay and the <coughs> Florida area, it would be interesting to hear some perspectives on how, um, you know, Top 40 Radio has changed with, uh, you know, because like for me, I grew up and it was always just your uh, typical uh, white guy, white woman doing your morning show. Yep. Um, so, Absolutely. and then I think it wasn't until like the late t- early two thousands. Um, another DJ who's, uh, he's kind of like my dad. His name is big Ray. He joined this morning show. So it was like Brian Allen, big Ray. It was, mm. you know, the, the, the couple and then their funny black friend. And so <laughs> it was like seeing the stereotype of, of radio and then wanting to talk to others who's, you know, been in it and seeing if it's changed or how it's adapted since then. Absolutely. Yes, I can definitely speak on that. <laughs> so um, just for a little background for all of those who don't know you, um, just you know, tell us who you are and how you got into radio. Yeah. So uh, my name is Miguel Fuller and I host a radio morning show in Tampa, Florida. And I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and I have been a self-professed radio nerd my entire life. Um, I was the kid that even I didn't even know what the jokes were, why they were laughing, but I just loved listening to the radio when I was younger. And I always just had this uh, love of the audio medium and of comedy and making people laugh, connecting, making people feel good. And so I've done that my entire life from uh, radio in middle school and high school and college and then this is the only thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a wild ride getting here, but I've been hosting a morning show here in Tampa for five years now. And how did you get into the Tampa, which, or the Tampa, so it's, it's hot, uh, hot 101.5, correct? Yep, hot 101.5, yep. And so did you start working there um, before you became, or you just off the bat was part of the morning show? So, no, so I started early in my career um, working at this small, tiny classic rock station in South Georgia, and I ran the NASCAR races on Sundays. Um, I ran the board for it, and uh, the first time I remember I ever got to hear my voice on a real radio station, it was election night in 2004. Big one. They sent me to this small town of Broxton, Georgia, to go to the polling precinct where I had to, like, read the results. And you would have thought that, like, I was Anderson Cooper reporting the (laughs) presidential election. Like, I was like, this is Miguel Fuller reporting from Broxton, Georgia. Here are the results. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I did that. Then I went to my four-year school in Statesboro, Georgia, and I interned at a Clear Channel at a top 40 station there. Uh, thankfully, when I graduated college in 2007, I was offered a full-time job um, at the radio station. And so I graduated uh, one Friday afternoon in May of 2007. And then I, that Monday, walked into my first full-time radio job, which I was so, so, so lucky to get. 
Um, and I did that. It was a tough year where I did a lot of, even though I was full time, I was sort of like a glorified intern where I was just like learning everything. I was the mm-hmm. assistant to the program director for the top radio station for the top 40 radio station. I was a program director or I was the operations uh, manager assistant um, who was over our news talk, conservative news talk station, where I also produced the morning show for six months, which was super, super tough to do. Um, and where I couldn't give any opinions. I was just producing and doing mm. traffic reports. So that was like my first sort of foray into that sort of type of radio. And then after doing that for a year, I got a call from one of my good friends who I'd went to college with, and he had worked in Savannah for a little bit. He had got a morning show job in Panama City, Florida, and I ended up moving there with him and his co-host, Holly. Um, it was Kramer and Holly and then me, and I was like the wacky guy that was a third mic producer, always had a funny line or something. And mm-hmm. we did that together for about four or five years in Panama City. Then we got the call to go to Tampa. And we went to Tampa in 2011. We were there for exactly one year. And our station got flipped to sports. And none oh. of us knew a lick about sports, so we all got let go. Mm. Uh, um, and so then I went back to Panama City to host my own show. I was there for two years, and then back in 2015, Hot 101.5 said, hey, we know you were here in the market. We've been watching you as you sort of honed your craft and hosting your own show. Do you want to uh, try it here? And so my co-host and I, Holly, we came here to Tampa in 2015. Nice. And I know what it's like to have your station be flipped and then be let go. I was at my first station – because um, when I went to radio school, I interned at, like, the local. We had, we had a clear channel, and then we had, like, your local basic um, top 40 company mm. that, that had, like, your top 40 regular. You had your – we had the first uh, hip-hop station here. Oh, wow. We had, um, you know, like, your easy listening that mm. would, like, play Delilah and, and yeah. stuff. And then, <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> so then we had um, – when I was interning there, um, I – heard about how they were going to do a rock station and like i loved the other rock station that mm. was there i knew the 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 um program director there and he knew um he would love to have had me but i when i graduated school i wasn't 21 mm. and he had to be 21 to work at clear channel so when gotcha. the other rock station came up you know they were like hey you want to try it out so for me getting out of school and getting into like i think it was like a 54 market for my first time was like nice. an eye-opening experience um, just doing uh, overnights, and mm. then I got to, you know, and that's, it was pre-recorded. So it was good to be on five nights a week. But Absolutely. It was just sucked. You only got paid for, like, the five hours out of the 25 <laughs> that you were. Um, oh, yes. And, you know, and so it was one of those trying to get in time to, like, record because it's, like, everyone's there during the day. Is mm-hmm. the other studio open? Trying to work it around, like, my other job schedule. <sighs> But then I did get to move up to do weekends and, you know, some people were my, and we had a produce, we had a program director come up from actually, I, I, uh, I think Rhode Island or something. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but I always find it funny because he was the first band, he was the first program director to play the, the band Nonpoint that wasn't in Florida. Uh. So, th- so they were like our like band that were like, yeah, we'll do this for you because they kind of respected mm. this guy for like breaking them in a sense. Absolutely. Um, but then when 
um, a, uh, one of the girls left the, the middays and I was doing so well, like, you know, that naturally it should have been me to get the next position. But because he came up, he brought a friend and then mm. I got booped out. But then when that Ugh. station went under, we turned to country and they were like, yeah, none of us know country. Music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand this one. If you want to let me go on this, like yeah. I love me. I love some, I, I have to get used to saying the chicks now because the Dixie chicks, they're still my shit. Like I love them. I saw them at the fly tour in Albany. I was probably like the only one of color there, but it was such a great like, embrace of just women powerhood. But I was like, as far as that, I couldn't tell you who any of these other people were. <laughs> <laughs> So I like stepped away from radio for um, a good seven years because it for like I I I always love talking to other DJs because I'm when I went to school you know they always tell you it's not about the music it's about entertaining people mm-hmm. and I, I know and I love to do that I love having a, a, a conversation with anybody but the music's still important to me right. but like I can't. I just don't know how I could stomach listening to like working in top 40 from, you know, and like that's bad. The songs in the nineties and the early two thousands were awesome. Oh, absolutely. But then like I, at some point after like 2007, I'm like, I have no idea what any of this shit is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was just too, too much. Like I still, I couldn't name you a Sean Mendez song to be honest. Like, mm. you know, like I, 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 like I, it's, it's one of those, I'm like, I have no idea who, uh, I did one of those lyric, guess the lyric things on Instagram oh gosh, the other day, yes. and I had like no idea who half of them were. Oh my god! <laughs> I had to like Google. I'm like, who's this? But and these like, are all who? top forty songs because I just listened to a different genre. Right. Um, but then like for me, it was just I just seen, and I also was around a station that um got caught up with the whole payola situation oh that's that yeah so that kind of ruins the top 40ness for me of the Mm. business aspect right but but because of this like well i don't want to play that song twice i don't care what you get there's another i think there's another song that's better out there and and of course for the last station i was at you know we were um, an independent alternative station. So we would play stuff that would probably never make it to top 40. Mm. And so that's kind of my, my, my push pull part. Cause I'm like, I'd love to, to be able to, to have that audience in top 40 of, of, of the you know, radio. But at the same right. time, like I can't sit there and be like, yeah, this song's great. I can't do it. <laughs> 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 there are some songs where I'm like, I have no idea what this was. I still could probably name you a Taylor Swift song too. Like I'm like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> I just wouldn't be the uh, – I would probably have to be that third mic producer to make the chime in for the joke because I'd be like, don't don't ask me about this song. I couldn't – Well, I you know what's, what's so great about radio now in 2020 is that most shows, and especially sort of like the millennial Gen Zers and not knocking, you know, the Gen X mm-hmm. – um, or actually, no, you know, I'd say probably like the older ones – like the 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 boomers, and I don't mean that in like a negative connotation. Yeah. But the style of radio where everything is like super forced, super fake for most mm-hmm. people is gone. And I'll have to give credit where credits due. Is I feel like the Gen Xers are the one that sort of ushered in the type of radio that we do now, uh, the sort of reality radio where mm-hmm. we are authentic, we are ourselves. So, like, there's always a, a running joke on our show that, like, I cannot stand Louis Capaldi. And he's this artist that, like, just bellows out these beautiful songs. And I could admit they are beautiful songs. But I just feel like he's wailing. And it's just, like, when you hear it over and over, and I'm like, 
gosh, I can't hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But like when I started with like older program directors, it was like, well, you always have to respect the arti- artists. We play them. And now our bosses are like, well, be honest, because you know what? Yeah. Holly, my co-host, loves it. Um, our producer, sidekick Scott, adores him. I don't like it. And that represents our audience. And yeah. so you don't want to alienate the people who are like, oh, I, I, I kind of don't like him either. And I'm so glad Miguel said something. And then you have the people that are like, I actually love him like Scott and Holly do. So mm-hmm. they sort of started to evolve and understand. And so that's what makes it beautiful. I mean, you can't hate on everybody. and You sort of got to yeah, pick yeah. and choose. choose um, yeah. And Louis Capaldi was where I, I put my, <laughs> my foot down and said, no, I, I can't <laughs> pretend here. <laughs> that's the way I feel about Lana Del Rey. Oh, I've been an alternative like yeah. um, we do uh, uh, or I should say we I'm not there anymore because it's but it's still in my subconscious. Um, <laughs> the station that I was at at the time well, we that still do it that the fans at the end of the year vote for their favorite songs. So we'll put the list up of all mm-hmm. the songs that we played for the year. Everybody mm-hmm. vote. And at the so last year, the number one song that everyone voted for was that Lana Day Ray song. And I was like, no, I think we need to recount at this. <laughs> but there were some of us that like were like, we don't like this. Like, we don't like I don't I don't. I, for, for me, she's always been like the Kmart version of Salon Knowles. Like, I'm oh. just like, I don't like there's stuff that she does. And I'm like, but if you all paid attention to Salon, she did this like four years ago. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm just like. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad now that radio is like that because it always was like, we love this. We love that, blah, blah, blah. But that's where um, when I because what happened with me was I was uh, I got that usual email Monday morning that said I was going to there was a new change and they were taking me off my weekend show. Mm. And it was hard because I, you know, because I, 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 the, the, the wording of the email made it sound like it and was like, it was gonna, I was never really going to be coming back on air regularly. Right. And it was like, okay, so what are we discussing here? What is this? And of course, uh, and I like to always point at the point that it happened the first Monday of black history month. <laughs> so oh, you're like, being, thanks a lot. Thanks. Yeah. Being like the only black DJ ever at this station ever. Oh. And so it's, it, it's interesting when you talk about, like you said, with your audience, that's how it would happen. Like we, I would be told I'm like yes but you have to remember because we were in vermont so mm. there's not that many black people in vermont um <laughs> or the the surrounding things i'm like uh-huh but you also have to remember that you know there are black people that listen to the station mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we play black artists you know what right. i mean so if, if these people are listening to black artists they have a right to turn the radio down they still have the right to turn the radio off if they don't like a thing that i have to say but mm-hmm. i'm gonna be talking about being black because <laughs> right. that's right. who i am right and so it was interesting to see when I would get complaints um, about being political, I would be like, well, did I go after somebody politically or did I talk mm. about something that I dealt with um, right. or that's racism? So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that when you when the, the people that don't like to hear it seem to be heard louder by people by people who are higher up than right. everyone else. And then that's and then so I was kind of just. I was like, when it happened, I was like, we're good. I can, I can walk away. I can, I've had my fair <laughs> share of, of being in radio. So I'll just do a podcast. So, right. <laughs> like, and I don't have to have a filter, you know, right. Samantha doesn't yell at me that much, you know, like, so I don't know if it, it's, but it, it's, it's 
interesting when you get emails back from people who were like, yeah, I don't like that song either. Why are you playing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're, you're like, like, thank, thank you. you. I yeah. told you. I was right. <laughs> I know. I you're validating you. my point. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying. Some pe- but that's what it is also for Top 40 with me because I can, I can, and also because I used to work at um, an independent record label like 15 mm. years ago in their merch department, but being, talking to everyone that was in the business side, um, and then also being in radio, you could hear the transition of artists change from like being independent to going to a major label and what mm. they were doing with doing radio songs. Um, especially right. when I worked in the, the scene that the, the label that I was at was like the emo screamo scene. So <laughs> it was very interesting to see, to hear the evolution of songs that bands would do on their independent labels. And then they would get signed to a major one. And I'm like, Oh, I can tell which one's a radio song. Right. It was right. just, it's so it's, I, that's when I even hear with top 40 and like see, hearing songs like speed up a little bit or just mm-hmm. the beat of it. I'm like, I can see why it's catchy in the music sense, but then lyrics, I'm like, what are they saying? What, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cute that my mom knows who like 21 pilots are and yes. she like sing along to stuff like, like, you know, she, but <laughs> we're like, like the I, gateway drug for all towards all, all sorts of music. Yes. Yes. Because you, because top 40 is, you know, the, the mixture of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes don't think it represents everything still. And you know, that's just the music business and, you know, still has a long way to go in that. But I do like that there is the variety of, of especially like during the times when you like heard hip hop taking over top 40 and then hip hop still kind of taking over top 40, but then you hear crossovers of like the emo screamo scene and then the country songs that popped up and then um, like the melting of genres is, is, is sometimes too much i feel like because <laughs> you can't label everything and i'm like what do you call it like i'm terrible when people say well what does this artist or band sound like and i'm like yeah that's not a question i can answer you're like i i i'm not sure but i think I'm that's not- the beautiful thing about mm-hmm. top 40 radio is that it, it 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 grows and it fluctuates and it's like a a, a moving organism that you can mm. never pin down because mm. it's always twisting and turning. And when you're in the middle of it, you're like, wait, what, what scene are we in? Because there was like two years ago when it got like super dark hip hop and it was like Drake and post Malone. And even the Ariana Grande songs were like super dark. And it was like, Oh my gosh, our radio station just feels so sad right now. Mm. But then all of a sudden, Florida comes out with, like, a spring break song, and you're like, all right, the party's lifted up again, you know? Um, and <laughs> yeah. then you go through, like, a little rock phase. I remember early in my career when it was, like, the Nickelbacks and the Henders and um, all those bands like that back in the day that had this – and then it was Ke- – even Kelly Clarkson was super um, guitar-based at the time. And so, but then it, it just changes so much. I love so it. So much. I actually have a great story. The, I met Nickelback and Hinder in the same night. Oh, really? Because um, the rock station that I was at was you know, top 40. And so um, we, it was like, it was Nickel. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what Nickelback album was. But the <laughs> tour was, it was Nickelback, Three Days Grace, Hoobastank, and Hinder. Mm. And they were coming to what we called at the time the Times Union or the Pepsi. We call it the Times Union now. I still call it the Nick, which is like the first <laughs> name I ever remember it being. 
but I, my friend gave me a heads up because I still to this day love Douglas Rob of Hoopsake. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> Douglas Rob of Hoopsake was actually at a, one of the local strip clubs near my house. And so, like, I okay. like fall ass to like go to the strip club mm-hmm. to see. And I know some of the girls that work there. And mm. so I miss him, but I did get to encounter Chad Kroger getting kicked out of the strip club. Oh, not <laughs> for... Chad Kroger. No, never. It's just the innocent child. Oh, my gosh. Look at this photograph. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. And so I see him get kicked out because he's, like, drunk and all this stuff. So I go to this hotel that my uh, hotel bar that my friend, um, he's, like, the night manager. So I know that's where, like, everybody's staying mm-hmm. because it's right next to the venue. So I'm, like, still on my mission to, like, meet Douglas Robinson. <laughs> I don't even get to meet him. Oh, no. <laughs> but- Let's see if this works. Okay. So... Um, I'm going to the hotel and uh, it's just a regular big bar hotel. Mm -hmm. And then I see um, some guys that obviously look like they're in a band. And then like, as like I'm chasing my friend, I find out that that's hinder. So I was just like talking just to hinder Mm -hmm. and um, they were there with some like just other guests. But then the funny, like the most hilarious and random thing happened after that. As I'm sitting there talking to Hinder, another group of people start walking in, and it's the American Idol tour. And this is like the Chris Daltrey tour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes. I remember like just walking up to Chris Daltrey and being like, listen. I was like, I think you're amazing because you played some rock songs and I work at a rock station. By the way, Hinder's over there. Ah, ah. <laughs> and then like Chad Kroger walks in and he like looks at Chad Kroger as he walks by and he goes, yeah, I just saw him get kicked out of a strip club. I can introduce you. <laughs> 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 oh my but gosh. it was funny. Like I was hanging out with Hinder and like Elliot Yamin and it was just ah, like, the- <laughs> Elliot, yes. and then I actually ended up taking some of them to the gay bar, which was even more amazing because they were oh like, my- where else can we go? I'm like, listen, let's go to the gay bar. It's open. Karaoke's on. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that sounds amazing. It was a really, and I don't think I've talked to Ellie in years, but he was like the sweetest thing because I just remember he was like, they they had their I guess the uh, uh, the idols tour was like the after the the next day after the the hinder tour or hinder and uh, all that the Nickelback tour. Mm-hmm. But I remember like dropping him to the mall so we can go shopping. <laughs> like, oh my And so gosh. you know he's just like thank you so much for doing. It. I'm like yeah nothing to do today. Like it was so nice. you, you come and hung out with me last night. Like I got you. So oh yes just, I love was... I I still to this day um, say that Elliot Yamin's Christmas album is one of my favorites. Yes. Yes. Like, and I haven't liked a Christmas album probably since like NSYNC or Hanson. So it was because <laughs> uh, like some, you know, when you hear is that's the same thing. I, let's say that's just funny how I think with Christmas music, the same thing with top 40, like you hear the same versions over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm like, you give me an original stuff, I'm like, hey, I can dig this. I like this. Yes. You know? Yes. And he does it so well. So My good. gosh. Ugh. I know. I feel like he should have been bigger than he should have. I feel like it, it was just like even that one song he single he had i was like how is nobody digging this like it was i know good. yes i mean there's so many people from the uh idol period that i'm like why didn't they make it i don't i mean and that that's the thing that i'll tell people mm-hmm. all the time is they're like well can you predict a hit and i'm like absolutely not i never i have had zero luck no luck in knowing when we first hear a song to if it's going to just totally blow it out of the water and then there are mm-hmm. songs like where I'm like, how did that make it? I have no clue. Yeah, that's actually funny. With going back to the Hinder thing, I remember telling Hinder that Lips of an Angel was going to be a huge 
fucking hit. Mm. And they were like, we hate that song. <laughs> they made us put it on the album. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be your moneymaker. And then like two months later, <laughs> boom. <laughs> you think you hate playing it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's about like, to buy your mama a house. House, yeah. <laughs> There are songs that like even when because like with the old station I was at, we would we had um, we had our normal programming from like Monday through Friday, you know, all day of like this, you know, your morning show, your midday, your uh, afternoon drive, your nights. Mm -hmm. But we'd have specialty shows that would play like local music. But then what we called uh, uh, exposure, which would be a show that played like the B sides of artists Mm. on records and stuff. And. It's it would be funny to like hear a song debut on like our station and then to see it transition into top forty. Like mm-hmm. my favorite example of all time has to be Portugal Demand. Oh my gosh! Like yes. How how did anyone know that that was going to be a top forty hit? I've and I've been following that band for a little over a decade, um, mm. and it, it was it it, it was fun. It was just, it was, it was hard, but funny to see people be like, oh, these guys are, you know, they're one hit wonders and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, child, you have no idea. (laughs) First of all, how they, A, don't care. B, B, (laughs) like, don't be mad. You relate to the party. Like, but but that I've like, to this day still, I mean, I I mean, I've always adored Portugal the Man because they've always been who they are. Right. And even with the success of that record, they were like, yeah, we're still going to do what the fuck we're going to do the next record, you know? And I still love how even tour that what they did with that tour and touring a lot was that any especially in the united states um anytime they were in a spot that had indigenous tribes they would invite the indigenous tribes to come perform their their oh, wow. cultures um you know chants or songs or performances right before they would go on so they would have like mm. i think the last time i saw them play they had jungle open up for them and it was like some like uh end of the end of the summer bash and our at our uh ash arthur arthur ash Forest Hills, there it is. Mm. Forest Hills, and Jungles is an amazing UK band. But then, like, next thing you know, this group comes out, and so I think that's just amazing that they would do that because it'd be like, here's you know a band that people been like wanting to see, and then they're gonna give you some culture that you need yes. to recognize before they come on. And then my and then when they play Feel It Still, they have a big thing on the back of this thing that says your mom loves this song. <laughs> <laughs> they they okay. make fun of themselves within and and everybody else around them within like we know that you guys be like we got it we're in on the we, joke we, we know you're gonna hear it joke. at the gap. Yeah. At yeah. some point, probably, but just know that like that's it paying off our at, student loans. Yeah, yes, it came on. It came on at my grocery store the other day, and I remember <laughs> like messaging one of them, like being like, "Listen, I this is like my tenth day of working straight at the grocery store during this pandemic, but I danced my butt off when I heard you <laughs> come on my music." <laughs> It's oh also, yeah, being in grocery, it's also interesting to see what comes on in the Muzak, too, as well, because it, some of it doesn't reflect, like, you, you know, reflects the time periods, like, you know, in the morning, you get, like, your 50s and 60s, and then towards right. the afternoon, you get your 90s, and, but, um, we had, we, I remember, like, walking around my store one time, and I heard Beck, and I was like, where am I? Uh. What, you know? What universe is this? Right, like, <laughs> like we're playing back at the grocery store. There was a Jaybird song. She's an amazing artist that I wish you know people would hear more of her and talk, um, <clears throat> because she's got a powerful voice for this tiny, adorable, just amazing mm. badass of a woman. But I heard one of her songs on the music, and I'm like, this is even on the radio. Uh, you're like, like this, how? How oh did you? <laughs> I, I do think that that's going to be one of the all-time uh, sad 
things about radio is that it misses some of these artists. Like, I always feel like, why did we not get on Alabama Shakes? Um, Mm -hmm. To me, like, that just, what a beautiful album. I mean, and the, the lead single would have fit perfectly you know, but I'm not a decision maker. I don't get to pick the songs. I don't know mm. what goes into it even after all these years because I, I tried to do that in radio and learned that I, I'm not good at putting puzzles together and I didn't like it. And that's not why I got into radio. I love music and it is a driving force in my life, but I'm not obsessed with it like the people that pick the music and our music directors and music execs are. Um, that's mm. not my passion. My passion is, is content creation and um, so I can't ever be like, well, why? Because who knows? But it just makes me sad sometimes when I think about all the artists, the the one hit wonders, you know, that yeah. where it was like a flash pan and that was it. Yep. That was it. But they were done. Even with the top 40 station that I in, that interned at for so many years and listened to, I still there was I still have uh, I just well, so I did an interview with a gentleman called his name is Sugar Bear. He was the. um legendary dj here but he's the one that's um was the program director of the first hip-hop station jams 96.3 and um and so we had a conversation about how i remembered used to telling like because at the time i was interning with not the hip-hop station but the top 40 i'm like you guys need to pay attention to like yellow card and fallout boy and good charlotte because i was that working in the emo scene and doing um Warp tour and i'm like i'm telling right. you like this is gonna be the next wave like andrew mcmahon and, like andrew mcmahon in the wilderness uh, andrew mcmahon mm-hmm. has been in like three different bands and i was like y'all y'all <laughs> late to the party <laughs> like, um, that's what we do sometimes yeah and so i just remember like the next year when and, and it was i i learned very early with top 40 in our market in albany and upstate that it was whenever z100 played it Mm. then we play it right right and that i got that when i so then i was soon as i heard z100 play fallout boy mm. um i knew it was coming and then it was like got the emails and questions like hey do you have any like so what are these guys about like do you have any qu- like we're gonna interview them what what should we ask i'm like can i be there like <laughs> <laughs> can but, i please yeah but i still remember um to this day one of the djs who i still like he's another one of my mentors family friend um he did the morning show for years but then they end up switching markets where he was went to country and then oh. country folks came to their station um and i remember him just like saying jason Mraz wasn't gonna do anything with his oh. second and i'm like because i was because like it was the word play i think came out mm. and i remember like geek in the pink and i was like but this is good like this shows his genre i know this mm. isn't like in your ear but i'm telling you and like so i remember people being like like laying low on him forgetting about him and then that third <sighs> album came out and i'm like come on <laughs> like what are you t- like hello hello, hello? <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> And he is like defined an entire format of radio. I mean, Hot AC was, I feel like, truly in the modern times from what we remember Hot AC growing up was like the Jason Mraz and the John Mayers and Mm -hmm. the Andy Grammer, uh, Kobe Calais. Like they're the ones that started this modern Hot AC movement for Gen X and uh, millennials, older millennials. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, I've, I've only seen Jason Mraz once, and it was probably one of his first tours, like, right after 
waiting for my rocket to come come out like it was at union college and it was probably the greatest actually no I, and i saw him on trl so if you can <laughs> roll back the trl i was in the audience at trl um, oh my gosh i got to be in the audience in trl twice once was for michelle branch's debut mm. um with um everything and then it was Jason Mraz's TRL debut. And then I was outside twice, once for like My Chemical Romance and then once for Hanson. Oh, I would have was... died to see Hanson back in the day. My goodness. So did have you been catching up on what has happened with Hanson? Because I've been trying to get them on my podcast because oh. recently and I've I mean, I've been up still slightly obsessed with Hanson. I'm not like obsessed, like, but like oh. st- still love. I still have their CDs in my car. Yes. But, they did a very, like, it was very long-winded, low-key All Lives Matter post, basically. Oh. And, you know, it was, it was like, I could, I, I, it was building up to being like, oh, my God, this is good. But then nowhere in it did it say Black Lives Matter. It just said, you know, they, like, denounced racism but didn't point out systemic racism. or So mm. it was, like, it was one of those, like, you see it was, like, an elegant, people were like, I can see why, you know people might be mad because they didn't state other things, but it, it was kind of like the safe, the safest safe way to say, like, we right. don't stand for racism. Right. And right. a lot of their fans started to be like, I don't know how hard it is to say black lives matter. And I even like made a video back saying like, I've been a fan since 97 black since birth, but like, I don't know how hard it is for you to say it. Like, I know you have backup guys that are black. Like, I think that that was great, but you mm-hmm. just missed the whole point of the movement that what's going on. And so then they come right. back like three or four days later with a with a statement that quotes MLK but doesn't quote MLK. <laughs> like they use a quote of his but didn't give him the credit for it. Oh, and then it goes, there's no Jesus. question that black lives matter. And I'm like, no, no. You're like, you're not, you're not, you're not helping. Oh gosh, why are you tumbling at this? Like, what are you yes. doing? Yes. And so it just snowballed from there. Like so many fans were um asking for refunds basically because mm. some so what allegedly what happened is is one of zach's friends in like this conservative blog group thing leaked some of his um conversations <gasps> and like post memes oh. that like weren't really the the nicest things oh. and his reaction to it is to like block fans like his wife blocked me from instagram because i was like i just like to have a conversation about like why people might think this is ignorant, especially mm. me. And, and so it's been really crazy. So like, it's a lot, they've been like Hanson fans, Hanson in general has like, I guess been delaying refunds apparently for people that want refunds from their like fan club. Cause they're like, no, we're not giving you any money anymore. Oh. We don't know where it goes to. And then Zach re- did respond to a fan that was like, how come you're blocking my friends of 20 years? Just questioning. And then he goes on like this whole of the second amendment where i was like honey nobody said anything about the second amendment we don't oh know where this came gosh. from so oh. you could tell it's like dodging <sighs> the bullet and i'm like oh, it's like finding out santa's not real you know Seriously. what i mean like you guys were oh, such that's these so sad it, it, yeah and, and it, it sucks because like i've you know i'm and it's mostly just zach i feel like but like the like taylor i feel like he and like they did they did a thing with the walk that album where they donated to africa like a lot of like you know and anything that came from the tour the like or the walk or the album they donate you could donate to specific things in their charities in Africa mm-hmm. and I'm like that's I think that's a wonderful thing Taylor owns this food on the move which is like a mobile pr- uh, produce market oh, wow. that helps in Tulsa to to give people um 
close that window because I have no idea what my neighbors are playing out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or if that's the ice cream truck. No, nope, that's just the neighbor, I think, playing that Firefly song. Butterflies or something like that. What is it? Postal service or something like that. Kind of weird beeping. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Hanson's fans were wanting like refunds. Or no, Taylor does a mo- um, pr- like basically a farmer's market on wheels in Tulsa. And I think and I was like, that's great. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to also um, show why there's poverty in the 15 percent mm. of african-americans that live in tulsa and when and why they may need to use this like you like stuff you know what i mean like stuff like that right. um but they haven't really responded they, they the management their management said like hey send us a proposal of what you want to talk about and we'll look into it and it wasn't like anything i mean i did go off on zach a little bit my first reaction because i'm like boy no like, what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> Uh, Well, that's sort of one of the unfortunate things about celebrities is that they don't have an opportunity to sort of like get it right a second time because we are in this cancel culture right now, Mm -hmm. which I'm a big, big believer in. Okay, so you didn't know about white privilege, about systemic racism, um, about the uh, wealth gap. You don't get you didn't you didn't because there was no reason for you to know. I totally get it. I'm not one of those people that's like, I got a pitchfork and I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you these are some things that I'm concerned about, I would hope because this is what I've done with like black trans women, because I'm black, but I'm not I'm not trans um, and I don't understand. But I was like, all right, well, let me try to understand why that's happening and why we need to shine a spotlight on that community. So I started to do some research. And Mm -hmm. so to me, I feel like if a human being is coming to me and telling me that they are hurting and that there's something wrong, I'm going to find out why. And so that's why it's always a little painful when you do have some celebrities that you love, that you hope that, okay, maybe they don't understand because Hanson, they are, uh, well, they're Mormon, I believe. You know, they come from, you know, they made a lot of money when they were young and they toured the world and maybe they would pick up on it, maybe not. But then when they're just totally just, it flies right over their head. They don't even ask questions or try to understand and say, hey, you know what? I kind of fumbled that first part of it, but I got it. I read it. I listened. I I listened Mm -hmm. to black voices. I get it. I understand. That's when I'm like, all right. That that kind of sucks because you totally just like screwed the pooch. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I've I I slowly noticed that they stayed out of politics. Um, I mean, I've always noticed that, but then it was like when I being also just a woman, I was like, hey, did you realize that like Oklahoma's trying to like restrict women's healthcare here? Like, you know, you got a lot of fans <laughs> that are women. I'm just saying. Right. Um, people were like, why do they need to talk about it? I'm like, I don't know. Some of them have daughters too. Like, <laughs> it's just thinking of like the future. Um, right. But it was when I saw them on Fox and Friends mm. where I was like, no. But there, I remember meeting their, I think it was their backup bass player outside of their show in New York City like two years ago. And he was, you know, an elderly black man. And I said to him, like, listen, I was like, I need to know why they went on that. And he goes, it was for the money. And I was just like, it mm. better be because it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, but now looking at it, I'm like, at the time to me, it didn't make sense. But now when I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see why you guys. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, OK, got oh, it. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes sense. Now right. exactly yeah. the Second Amendment thing. But, you know, for and I told him, I said, for me, who is, you know, a woman of color, who is a rape survivor, who is into politics like that, that whole network just 
is against me surviving and against me thriving. Right. And so to see it was like a stab in the heart. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you could have done a debate show, but you did Fox and Friends. Right. <laughs> like, like, like why? That's just, why? Like did you? How much did you really need the money? <laughs> but it was heartbreaking. Well, you were going into talking about like uh, with radio because we do see those stereotypes that happen um, when it comes to morning shows or even mm. like same with morning shows just because I feel like that's always the bread and butter right. of everyone getting up in their day and going through their day and, and then um, you know like uh, the middays are you know each thing has like their own perspective and then the weekends I feel like we're like the free-for-alls mm-hmm. but with the morning shows around here you could always see that they were because you know at the time it was competitive market because that serious radio wasn't a thing right internet radio wasn't so do you see now with serious being internet radio being a thing like is it hard to compete with other morning shows to get that to get those audience in by you know like i saw you guys were doing what was it the love the love test mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like like certain segments like that like is the creativity more of just trying to be more relatable or is it more of just um competing with the next one to see like well you guys did this but i think we can do like a better version of it well i i think for radio right now to me like in in format here in tampa there's one direct straight up competitor we have but to me like i don't even just look at them as competitors i look at everyone not just satellite radio, but I look at Spotify. I look at any distraction that's taking you away from us in the morning. To me, that's competition. Mm-hmm. So we don't do things particularly just to like grab attention, but we have to make sure that the intention of what we want is clear so you can understand it as a listener if you're new because – You know, as a top 40 market, we have uh, a a big, big audience. They don't always listen for the longest, like Mm -hmm. a specialty format, but we have a big audience. And so it's my job with content creation to make sure that it's compelling, it's relatable, that there is an emotional connection. Because, listen, there, there, there are two types of ways to do a morning show right now. You can do one that's very easy very what we call ppm friendly for the ratings that it's like bit 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 it's three minutes you're in you're out you're in playing two or three songs and then you're good whereas to me that is like a short-term vision you have to look at the long-term game so if i'm creating this emotional connection with you the listener and we are bearing our souls and we are telling your story, mm-hmm. then we're making a connection. So maybe it's not the most easily, easily sort of um, digestible at first when you first, if you're a new listener to it, but you get it over time and then you start to create that, that family. And to me, that is how you combat the satellite radio, the Spotify, the Pandora, uh, those sort of things, because they can't do what I do, and they also can't be local. There's just something to be yeah. said about hearing what's happening, like during COVID. Yes. I mean, to me, I've had so many messages, so many messages on Instagram and Snapchat and email and Facebook of people saying, I loved you all before, 
but I didn't really realize how much I depended on you. And so mm-hmm. because when COVID happened, we switched from funny haha to here's what's happening right here in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Here's where you can get tested. Here's the mayors from our cities on about what's going on. Here are some resources on if you've lost your job because we are tourism industry and you don't know how you're going to get food. Here are some resources on where today you can go get food. To me, that's where radio shines and where we really had to prove our worth and and, and prove in our communities. This is why we're still a a, a a valuable medium that you Mm -hmm. as an advertiser can invest in and you as a listener can still invest your time in and not just listen to satellite radio or to Spotify or anything else that we still are here in your community making sure that you have everything that you need. See, and that's a great point because when I left the last station, even though we were like an independent station, they did Clear Channel. I want to say it was Clear Channel or whoever it is now. Um, came up, came and created two different alternative stations too that were like the top forty alternative. Mm-hmm. But their morning show was syndicated, mm. and so you see that a lot too. Right. And that like that. So that's a great point that you made is that you said that you guys are like a local. Like we do have. Um, I find you two still very local. Don't know if, you know, Kiss Kiss FM is Elvis Duran in the morning. Mm, so, mm-hmm. you know, you do have um, those few stations that are locally owned and operated that are local. But then when we have to fight against the clear channels coming in, right. we don't have that. We have maybe a few people that are local, but then you also hear like Ryan Seacrest at night. Mm. So you get the the traffic that's local. You get maybe like a two second news bit that might be like you know like it's like the, you when you have the NFL game. Now here's your local news right. <laughs> before you come back to the game situation. Right. Um. So I, that's but that 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 is what is important of keeping things the local because when you you know hear these contests that are nationwide, you're like, well, mm. how am I going to win? But then mm-hmm. when you play listeners like you like i was listening you were that was it the love what do you guys call it the, the, yeah the love test the love, the love test like those are real people in your town that people that you people might might know and be like mm-hmm. oh yeah i've had i've been through that i've been through that so it's different when you hear it from something that's syndicated but then when you like feel like that's the person that is like that serves you your coffee or that you see at the grocery store or you run into um at the gym like you you're like all right you feel more at home Right, and that's one of the reasons why one of our segments we do called Tampa Bay Secrets has been so well tested through the years is because we always say that these are your neighbors, these are your coworkers, this could be your brother, sister, your best friend, or your spouse, and they are telling us the dirtiest stuff that happens. And we're like, y'all know how to get down in Tampa, y'all. Y'all, y'all some freaks up in here because we have the conversation. We always say that we are sort of like a, a, a haven for adult conversation. So we're not kid friendly, but we're kid conscious. So yeah. if we have a conversation, it's a conversation that you're going to have with your friends at lunch uh, on a weekend at brunch when you're all just sitting talking uh-huh. about what's going on in your lives and your weeks. But we always just imagine if there is a six-year-old kid sitting in the corner listening to what we're saying. And so we can have the adult conversation, but we make sure that we do it in a way that you can explain away what we're talking about to the kids that may be in the car with you. Yeah. And so I was, you know, that's that's the same way that I 
my did my approach to radio because I knew that A, there was this platform that I had and B, being somebody that, uh, especially in our market range, that someone may not even, may not, like, especially being the only black person that was there, uh, there's, especially uh, being in Vermont and then up in New Hampshire, I was probably the only black person that they knew, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in a sense. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was, uh, it was the, the push and pull that I had with my program director because it was one of those where I'm like, I would, he would, it seemed like Mondays I'd always get the complaints on the weekends. And I'm like, but what Hmm. are, what are you, what are they complaining about? (laughs) Like, I never got to know what exactly what they were complaining about. (laughs) So I'm like, you going to tell me, Hmm. was it something, but it always came down to something political. And then it became, um, well, just, you know, like you, like you do the morning show. So I like to project on it because I always hear from this person. Well, it's like the news is only really for the morning show. Um, like no one on the weekend really wants to hear about the news or anything. They just want to listen to music and see what's going on. And I'm like, uh-huh. But not everybody listens to the morning show. Not everyone's right. up sometimes in the morning. Right. Sometimes people listen, all, like their block of time that they have to maybe sit and actually like listen, listen is when they're driving around doing something and not focusing what they're doing to going to work. Um, Absolutely. So I always, I always find that interesting when there was always that uh, content situation of like what time to say what and what's mm. appropriate to have a conversation. And I'm like, but because I did a Sunday show where I called it the Shea Lounge because it was like from 11 to 3. So it was like a good brunch hour. Mm. So I would have brunch topics. Like, right going through the week of the news and being mm-hmm. like, all right, so we're here on a Sunday. I'm not going to see it until next Sunday. So let's talk about what went through the week. <laughs> right, right. So well, I yeah. didn't understand how that was in, uh, didn't make sense in a, in a way to the format of what <laughs> we were doing. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and I, I think there is a way to do everything. And I think depending upon what sort of radio station you are, that there's definitely a way to talk about stuff in a very relatable way to where you can get away with because to me that's better than talking about another liner about the contest you have coming up monday morning with the morning show that not one person listening at that time on a saturday or sunday at 11 30 is going to be like "Ooh, let me set the reminder for 8 10 monday morning with miguel and holly like you you say it and you have promos that run to sort of telegraph that hey they've got stuff going on during the week but, mm-hmm. like, what's happening in my community now? Like, is there yep. a march going on? Is there a protest? We're not going to stop the music for, you know, five minutes to talk about it on a Saturday or Sunday when people are vibing out. But, hey, if you're going to brunch and you want to go to the Pride Parade, it's happening downtown starting at 3. Or, yes. yeah. you know, they're protesting over in Tampa and the mayor may come out and address the protesters at 4 o'clock. You know, like, there's absolutely room for that because then, once again, you're being local yeah. and you're not just going through the motions. Because as soon as you open up that microphone on a Saturday and you're like, all right, Miguel and Holly got your stimulus cash Monday morning at 810, like, nobody knows what you said. Yeah. No one knows what you said. But if you're like, there are protesters that are marching down uh, in downtown Tampa right now. We actually uh, got Amanda on the phone. Amanda, how's it going down there? Oh, my gosh. It's so incredible. Everybody can come join us. It's Hot yeah. 101.5. That's way more compelling and local than just, you know, promoting what the morning show has on Monday. There are avenues in the radio station and social media now to, to do that sort of thing. Now, there is another topic I want to bring up, too, because with with COVID happening, you obviously have now um, people being home 
You don't right. have those live events or those broadcasts or mm -hmm. the concerts. So it's where the creativity comes from how to still be um, then more than just the voice that's coming out of the speaker. Like you can see us visually. You can like, you know, there's I've seen a lot of pe um, people do like live Instagrams of what they do during work, during their shift hours. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that is a great like this, it's great to see radio stations that normally were just like they still have like the typical website, but then right. now to just be like, all right, let's because before there's some people who are just like we don't need to work on a social media. It's just about this. It's about that. Mm -hmm. But then you see the interactiveness coming um, more with with stations being all right. Let's go more visual. Let's go more mobile. Let's go more uh, interviewing with like Instagram Live with artists and stuff. So I feel like that is a entertaining sense but then it's then I, I can't stand the Instagram live because you can't like unless you save it you can't put it up somewhere like you got to sit and watch it on the thing <laughs> right right no it's true I mean and that's to me one of the biggest things I've seen change in the industry in the ooh, 12 years I've been doing morning radio full-time is everything we do I always try to make sure that there is a social media aspect to it so, like, our, our producer, co-host, um, he does uh, songs. He writes songs. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, we would have just said, hey, Scotty has his new song coming out Friday morning at uh, 720. Make sure to listen for Scotty Sings His Cells. He'd have the song produced. We'd play it. It'd be great. We'd play it throughout the show. It's great. But now, in the world we're living in, to cut through – you got to have a video aspect of it. So now not only does he has to produce the song, he's got to do a music video with it. Or like our, we do TikTok challenges where we do, we, we take it and we describe what the video is and we do that. And it's very video. So I feel like you have a lot of listeners that probably have never tuned into our show live, but they mm -hmm. follow our social media and we then post audio from the show on our social media um, once or twice a show or if not more times than that, you've got to be everywhere that your audience is. And it's like literally having another full-time job is yeah. keeping up with the social media because it is a conversation. It's not just us talking at you. It's us communicating in the DMs, in the comment section, and it's like a whole full-time job. But you can't do what you used to do and expect to be successful because people are busy, and if you're not actively trying to build that relationship with them and create that sense of family, that sense of being something, being a part of something bigger than yourself, then you're missing mm -hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. Has it been hard with not being able to? Um, I mean, like, did you guys have, like, a lot of shows booked up and ready to go and, like, events, so it was kind of hard to not be able to do them or try to still do them in a way where even not with concerts, but like a live broadcast. If you oh, yeah. Somewhere, like, do you still try to figure out how to bring that there without being there in a sense? Like, yeah, you interview we, the, so the people you're at or. Absolutely. I mean, th that was a big part of what we do is being out and around and being local. And we always say we want to hug your neck. And like usually once a year, like every other year, we do our uh, McGowan Holly's 10 and 10 where we do our show from 10 different cities and 10 different days around town. Oh, nice. um, and those sort of things are major, major undertakings, but we've had to like cut all of that. And I haven't 
seen a listener in months. Um, but we just had to get creative. And especially at first when COVID happened is we would do Holly, my co-host. She would do story time with her six-year-old daughter on Facebook a couple of times a week and go live on there. Um, then Scott, our uh, producer co-host, he would he's works out all the time. And so he would do uh, workout videos on live, on Insta Live and Facebook Live. And then I, I love to cook. So I would, you know, pop on live or Insta and talk with listeners as I was cooking them and showing them how I do it. So absolutely, you find new ways to sort of communicate with your audience after you're on the air. Because like I said, if you're not talking to them, if you're not um, investing in them and letting them into your lives, then they're going somewhere else for it. Yeah. Have you ever had any pushback about wanting to be open about like the Black Lives Matter movement or just giving your own experiences? Um, Not from management. They've been pretty... Um, you know, they obviously were like, don't alienate people to mm-hmm. a certain extent, um, but be truthful and honest. Because, I mean, this is stuff I've talked about before. This isn't anything yeah. new that, you know, my audience didn't know. I do think that you have some that are hypersensitive now. And I have started to see some of the comments of, Y'all are so political now, like, oh, my gosh, just get to having fun. And y'all have no business talking about that. And I'm always like, so this isn't stuff that we have not talked about before. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I am a taxpaying American citizen who has a platform to be able to talk about these things. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in a way that's entertaining because at the end of the day, I still got to get a paycheck and Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that there are listeners on our radio station. So our advertisers have ears that are listening for their advertisement so then they can pay us. And that's how we keep the lights on, you know, but we're going to do it in a tasteful way, but still be honest and true and authentic to ourselves. So we haven't had any pushback from management, but definitely from some listeners. But you know what? That happens with anything anything you talk about. Yeah. Anything. If you give an opinion, even if you just report the news, you know, um, you have people on both sides of like, why are you talking about what Trump did? Why are you spreading this hate? And then you have people who are like, well, you said Donald Trump and you didn't call him President Donald Trump, liberal no, media. I, and it's like I used to refer to him as the con artist in chief. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, I never, never called him the president. That was the thing. I was always good with my way with words, <clears throat> like because I knew um, I was because I also said, like, I told him when I got the, the last station, like, tell me what I can't say because I still know it's FCC. But like, tell me what I just can't. You know? Right. So I never went into uh, my show with like saying like I'm gonna make this point, but if it came up in the news and it was something, especially because it it was for me it was when I was you know we always used to have meetings I would be like let's just keep it about the music and they would always give us like the same sites to get news stories from and I'm like but they're all the same stories I don't want to repeat the same thing you guys do right like right. you know I feel like that like then it's just on repeat. So I would find like the wacky stories like I, I talked about how um, and I did, you know, remembering that it is anytime kids could listen. But I talked to I remember one time I talked about a story about how 
this guy sued his parents for like over like fifty thousand something dollars because when he moved from their house after his divorce to his new house there were boxes missing and the 11 boxes were filled with porn and sex toys and so i would (laughs) you know so like i would i wouldn't say i would be like adult videos and toys i was like but first of all you know that most of these videos are free on the internet right like how do you have over thirty thousand dollars worth like Like, why are you hoarding all that stuff sir like what is it by the way is it like panties or is it like actual (laughs) you know some people have some proclivities that they just have to get to yeah and then there was a time there was a time where even like when some being in new york our this happened last year uh our governor cuomo said the n-word in a um radio interview Mm. when he was quoting like a new york times article and i remember just going on air being like listen i I go i love that everyone lost their poop but like we have to i goes because oh my god he said the n-word but like these are those times where you should a look at the content of what he said he was quoting an article like it's like you saying the n-word and to kill a mockingbird in school however it's one of those times where you also should refer to a black friend before you show your reaction (laughs) (laughs) but us black people were like he didn't call us it we're good (laughs) 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 like we knew what he was saying but like i we think it's great that you like lost your shit but like thank you thank you for taking out for us thank you for listening yes but we need to look at (laughs) <laughs> why we think you're overreacting to this one. Exactly. And like let's look at what's actually happening. Like happening let's not with... move our eye off the ball on getting <laughs> to actually making change happen. Yes, yes. So those were like my favorite little things to do. And those would be like once my whole shift because I didn't want it to be like something all the time. Right. But um, you know, I also like finding like the interesting stories or like I every time I play like one of the Gallagher brothers I talk about how like one of them called the other one something on Twitter and I'm, and I would play like the uh what is that I would play like soap opera music behind it and call it as the Gallagher mm-hmm. turns because it was always such juicy civil rivalry. Oh my gosh, just like... all like literally th- they could write their own uh, yeah. Bravo series. Like, yes. seriously. Yes, if I had like a dying wish it would be to see them fight in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> not to make up just i just want to see them just get drunk and just fight each other yes just let please. it all out please be andy my... cohen make that happen <laughs> make it happen <laughs> um but yeah so like we were saying that the stereotypes like do, have you had to face any of those like stereotypes being a black man in radio where they're just like you're gonna you know be the funny black guy or you've got to like like you know how you see them in the 90s movies they Absolutely. say the one-liners and you know when you go out in public be like just dress this way or right right yeah, at the beginning of my career, it very much like it was very much like that. I mean, on the show I was on, we were all still trying to figure out radio and figure out our voices. And so, you know, being a somewhat whimsical person, it was like, all right, you're the gay black man. You're the funny gay black man. So, you know, my job was to come in and be sassy and say a funny line and ha 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 hit commercial. We're out. Um you know, but then we evolved over time. And I remember what we when we really started to realize that was when uh, Born This Way by Lady Gaga came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time we were like, all right, Miguel, this song is going to be for you. It's Born This Way. Let us know what you think. And we played it. I heard it for the first time on the air. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this means so much to have a mainstream artist saying we were born this way we didn't choose this what Mm -hmm. an important message 
and we got off the air and my host was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I wanted you to be like, yes, girl. Yes, queen. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, it's a little bit deeper than that. Just like, that's not always my reaction. And that's when it was like, I'm not a cartoon character. Like I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it started to change of like, I need to be authentically myself. Cause absolutely. I have those times when we do our throwback Thursday show and we did one specifically around like gay pride anthems last week. Mm-hmm. And I heard my CC Peniston finally. Yes. And I was, yes, girl. Yes. Queen. I was like, girl living it up, you know, but that's not always my reaction because like, any person of any community that's not who i am i'm not Mm -hmm. just a gay black man i am miguel fuller who is gay who is black who has always struggled with his weight who before i was in relationship was painfully single who comes from a very poor family who's had to fight for everything like there's so much more to my story than just those two adjectives and so it's really um taken people time to realize that you know you can be a gay black man and host a morning show in a top market yeah yeah it's it's crazy in my mind to think when and i mentioned this to one of my uh friends who's in a band um because they just released or they were they've been raising money with their documentary about their third album they released 10 years ago and they've raised over like twelve thousand dollars for the NAACP, because oh, wow. um, people can pay what they want to see the documentary. And I and and you know, being an emo screamo band, if you want to say in that scene kind of sense, it's 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 interesting to see when fans freak out about artists like showing a cause or being for a cause. And I'm like, they remember when you get off stage that you're like a human being, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like like a, you're just not that <laughs> brand. You're actually a, a human. Human, yeah. Like you when you. Same thing with like you and me, like when we get off that microphone, we are still like I used to do that all the time when I was on the radio. And I said just like because I never would consider even people would freak out to meet me. I'd be like, I just hope I don't disappoint you because I'm like <laughs> kind of a dork in person. So right. I don't want to. But I am like who I am off ca- off, off camera, off air. But um, I just, you know, I've said I'm like, this is who I am. Like this is I'm still like even with like mental health awareness. I was like, mm. listen, I have I have. I was when I was went to the radio station, the last radio station. I was still in the middle of going through a, a rape case. Mm. Um, I was raped um, in July of 2016, and it didn't. The court they went through it took two and a half years to go through the court system. So um, oh he didn't get sentenced until uh, like two days before our annual block party. So mm. um, I had to, you know, go to court, face him. I basically gave him my you ought to know uh, victim statement down to right. even down to a blowjob reference just to just to oh, get it in there. You know what I mean? To make yeah. him like feel what it's like. And mm. then I like got home that day, cried. The next day didn't do anything. And then I got up to have to, to be myself and run around for our annual block party. And it was yeah. crazy because like nobody really knew except for right. my staff. But then later, as time went on, like when the Brett Kavanaugh situation came out, I was more open about it. And I mean, with the mental health, where I'm like, I've been dealing with my depression. I now have social anxiety, which I used to never have at all um, mm. after this. But I just want you guys to know that I'm still dealing with this. So even when I'm on this microphone, I step off. It's still something that I know all of us, that one of us out here does. So knowing that you're not alone. 
Because, right. and then I would get comments, or I see would see people get comments being like, nobody cares about your rape or your personal life. We just want to hear music. Just Ugh. be a DJ. And I'm like, but being a, like, I'm not, a, but being a DJ is to talk to you. Right. To, to, to do more than just play a button. Right. You know, I, we're still human beings at the end of this microphone that, like, when I drive home from Vermont, I still get tailed by police. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, those are things that happen. So Absolutely. I don't understand why you would, why people just don't, in a sense, see us as human beings when we That's... are off that microphone or even on it. They're like, nope, you're just here to entertain us. Just Oh, just... yeah. I mean, it's just sort of like celebrities. Like, they just don't expect them to have any feelings, to expect them to always get it right and perfect. And it's like they are human beings just like anyone else. And that's what we always say during our entertainment segment is, you know, we're like, oh, we can speculate and we're talking, but like we don't really know these people. We don't really know yeah. what their life is. So before we like pass judgment, like give them a little break. The only family I will ever pass judgment on is the Kardashians. It's I can't. Just Agreed. Every time I hear, it's one I still think they're Same. the most pointless. Like I, I think like yearly when they're in, they talk about an anniversary. I just like I like tweet Ryan Seacrest. I'm like, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought did this. this upon our houses. Yes, because like, I, 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 it's the I. I would say the irony or audacity of people who literally put their lives out on camera. And then want to be like, you don't know. And I'm like, then, but I just saw you just do it. Be like, girl, we, 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 we saw. But like, that's what you, I mean, and that's sort of like when people attack us about stuff in our personal lives. And I'm like, hey, I put it out there. So, yeah. you know, I got to expect that there's going to, uh, you know, have some stuff come back to me. But then also realize that, you know, I'm a human being and I don't always get it right. I don't always say it right. But I'm a listen and I'm a try to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I biggest thing is always listening and learning from it um you know i uh i had friends that it's crazy just now having friends just reach out to me to be like you know i've i've heard you talk about this for so long i'm sorry it took me so long to figure it out and i'm like you know everybody comes at their own time right yeah you know, we wish people could come sooner than later but um it's that growth um my uh so my buddy colin who did who's my podcast and we do uh Friday he's from the band Circus of I just talked about who did their traveling him documentary but like they those guys there were just five white dudes from Philadelphia who sat down and just were just talked about recent events and it was such a beautiful open and honest conversation between five white men being like when they realized they had their privilege and like what they learned from it and what mm. they do now to, to uh, educate their kids or to other or other people or what they go through and it was just and it's one of those beautiful moments to, to, and things to hear because you you rarely hear it right right unless it's like some news pundit on the tv um mm. so to have um <clears throat> more artists do it is is now is interesting but then there goes to the aspect of the blackout tuesday right. because now you with even going to with the cancel culture you see people who post things and then you see like well you did this what did you learn from this mm -hmm. and then you, now there's the questions behind of why you did it did you tag along what right. else are you doing um i've seen a lot more artists that uh that uh i don't know if you guys probably would have a griswold song but the band the griswolds they the singer has been doing so much every day like i've seen him on instagram in la just like 
posting things, protesting, learning about different black owned businesses. And it's just like, those are the people I, who I know are doing, right. not, you know, I mean, doing more than just doing They're actively own, trying, actively to... trying and learning. And I feel like it's great that there are some that are finally doing it. I hope that they do it more once tours resume. <laughs> right. Yes, It's like, please. I know we're all home, right. but I, cause I even, I, cause what I have tagged on my Twitter is a video to like all of the white artists that I've met. I'm like, I just need you to do more than this. I need you to talk about it every day. Right. I need you to have these conversations on stage. Cause I, sometimes you don't, cause I've been there. Right. You're like, it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's great that there are, because I feel like now that everyone's home, there's time to do it. Right. But it's like when now, now when the, we go back to what normal life, if we get that, what are we going to do when things are open and more, um, we're all humans are all interacting with people again, not over the internet screaming with long. <laughs> like here's the keyboard warrior. <laughs> and unfortunately <laughs> I, I have to run. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I have no, to okay. get to, to my next appointment, but I do want to say though, that um, one, thank you for having me on so much in two, um, I've been really proud of Justin Bieber, who has been very vocal on his social media and posting resources and links and whatnot and saying that I have borrowed from black culture. And Mm -hmm. he's done a really good job of not only just saying it, but doing it. And see, what's unfortunate is that that um, things have overcast that. I'm not like the biggest Justin Bieber music fan. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? I don't pay much, but I you are not the first person who brought that to my attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect him on that, too, because it's just like that's, you know, even when he was and I make the joke whenever he was doing his trouble phase. They're like, where did he learn it from? I'm like, you do know his protege was Usher, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, and Usher's protege was Diddy. So <laughs> like there is <laughs> a connection here. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, say, mm-hmm. yeah. When artists, find, yeah, that, I love it when artists were like, "No, I've gotten my career of of using, of not using, using, and some not times abusing black culture, but using them as a platform to where I am." So I, I, I respect artists that finally admit to that too. Absolutely. We'll have to do this again, and maybe when I'm finally down there. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> so Thank you so you. much. Because as also as a burger enthusiastic, we need to like get our grub on, and yes. I need to find me a burger. Put me Love in a Love me a juicy coma. burger, girl. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, and um, hopefully next time we can actually get the video, because I'd like to see your beautiful face and not a map of whatever this map is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Miguel Fuller of Hot 1015, Tampa of the morning host of uh, Miguel and Holly. Miguel Fuller such a wonderful, beautiful soul. Ugh. I can't wait to actually meet him. I'm so bummed I didn't get to see that face during the interview. But check him out on Instagram and also at um, Miguel and Holly. You let me get that full one. It's uh, actually it's check out his website for the his radio station that he works at is hot1015tampabay.com forward slash Miguel and Holly great great time hanging out with him and yes don't worry one day actually i did finally did meet douglas rob of hoobastank <laughs> not at that event was it at that concert i maybe i met him i know i've met Douglas douglas rob of hoobastank like at least twice in my life <laughs> but that day i was on a mission <laughs> 
to meet him. <laughs> and it didn't happen, but eventually it did. Oh, I haven't even thought about those stories in a long time. And they just, when he was just talking and they just randomly come up, I've got some great stories from my, uh, the new edge era that I <laughs> worked on. Uh, such good times. <laughs> Remember to like, follow and subscribe to us at shaysays.com. Uh, can I just tell you guys something now? You know, I, if I have nothing to do, I don't mind scrolling the internet and responding to some of the haters, but for the love of anything holy to all of the ignorant white men out there, if you feel like you need to attack a black woman over the internet, can you at least learn the difference between your and you are? Because we don't have time to fix your grammar and your racism. Like, that's just too much. Like, you, that's just exhausting. It's already exhausting enough to have to explain to you what's wrong with being racist upon fixing your grammar. Or even if you get something wrong with racism, having to explain that, it's too exhausting. I don't have the, we don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't. <laughs> so if you choose to attack me or a black woman on, on the internet, please know the difference between you and you are your and you are because I don't if you, even if you get anything grammar wrong I'm not even going to respond to you I don't even think I'd have there's 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 not even going to be worth my time anymore stuff also going around the capital region found interesting in my cap city of Albany so there is this ice cream place called Bumby's that's in the Schenectady area and I'm not even gonna lie to you I've probably never been to Bumby's I think I've driven by it so many times and th throughout the years and thought to myself that place is still open so what has been going down is the actual owners have been leasing it to somebody to run it and that person apparently has been behind on their rent but also has been caught in a text messaging situation where he says that he doesn't hire coons or niggers or black people he doesn't like them so that kind of brought on some protests and people were out there protesting in front of them they've gotten some staff members to quit and found other jobs for the um, staff members to quit at Bumby's and to work other places and get other jobs there um, then they essentially closed down and then apparently the owner came out with an actual kid that I knew from my high school that tried to like I guess like start with other people too but the um, so he wasn't the guy that so the owner popped out of his car and basically had a gun and was like shooting sh like not shooting but pointing it at the protesters from a distance and then an, this other kid got out of his car that, that when people took a picture of I realized it was a kid from my high school who was just always that asshole to be honest with you always thought he was better than everybody so it wasn't surprising that he was probably involved in shit like this but apparently they own they arrested the owner he's getting a ticket um I think he should have been at least charges something higher even though the bail reform does allow him to be posted without bail i i know that's frustrating but it's understanding um bail reform is a whole other thing we'll have to get into because that i'll need some more experts to talk about because i only know the gist of it but i'm not also a lawyer but um i do think bail reform is necessary because there are some crimes that people should not have to sit in jail for years just to get an arrangement an arraignment or a court date for for something that they just can't afford to to be out of um, but anyway, so the so the owner is now free, but waiting to appear with his a court ticket apparently after pointing a gun at protesters. Racism is still quite very alive and well in America. Still quite a sad thing to have to say that, but and then the 
see all of the and, and uh, now I understand there are going to be some people who are maybe conservative Republican don't seem to understand the whole Black Lives Matter movement um, seem to misconfuse the Black Lives Matter movement um, there's also black people who are not fond of the Black Lives Matter movement I have friends on both sides of the aisle but I would like for my friends on the other side of the aisle to please stop sending me the one black person that you find on the internet who doesn't agree with Black Lives Matter. Because I've heard everything they've had to say. Still, nothing's going to change my opinion. I'm cl- It's great that you found maybe that one black person that is conservative, but they're not going to change my view. I don't care for Candace Owen. I don't care for Terrence Howard, whatever his name is. I don't care for those conservative twins because the, they're all jokes. Same thing with Ben Carson. They're all fucking jokes, including Kanye. Please don't vote for Kanye. I, I know I said it before, but I'll say it again. Like, if you need to even be told not to vote for Kanye, I don't think you should be voting at all in this election. I also love that now there is a Black Lives Matter mural in front of Trump Tower in New York City. Oh, the shade is great. Speaking of shade, oh my God, where is this? Lindsey Graham, that turd. He turned 65. Congressman, candidate for South Carolina. Jamie Harrison probably had to tweet the shade of the year. Happy sixth birthday to Lindsey Graham. As your senator, I promise to protect your newly retired benefits from Medicare and the programs you've been trying to gut for decades. <laughs> oh, that's such good shade. Oh, I love it. Also, I did sign up to reserve tickets to a Trump rally that I totally don't intend to go to at all. But obviously you can give a fake name, you can give a fake email, but then they've got to at least confirm it with text messages. So I've been getting text messages like the Trump administration is trying to sell some fucking Ginsu knives or Ronco uh, food hydrators. <laughs> like within, two, I started on the 7th, I, I, I've missed out on 50 personalized 2020 Trump mats, darn. Um, text that says, Dem thinks Mount Rushmore is a symbol of white supremacy. President Trump has a list of patriots who stand with him in America. Sign in for this last hour. President Trump wants you to join his VIP club. Valid for an hour. You want a free Trump, Trump yard sign. Expires at midnight. Oh, I missed that, darn. Other 19 patriots that claim there's only 19. <laughs> uh, President Trump, Don Jr. and Eric texted you this week. No reply. You want to beat the Biden mega donors? Match six time active in the next 30 minutes. No, I'm broke. And then pres- next one says President Trump wants to reopen schools. Melania and I will fight for you. Will you? Do you agree? I wrote back no. <laughs> then it wrote me back. Thank you, President. Appreciates your response to keep America great. Tech stop or all this. Congratulations. You want a weekly Trump Patriot 500% match, friend. <laughs> what is this? Uh. That was the today, and then I won a free Trump sign, which I didn't get, because there was only 10 left. Apparently, there was also the 50, so now there's only 10 left. And then it says, in the morning, I will, uh, in the morning, will you be a donor to break the all-time record? President Trump's looking for you to five-time match, active till midnight. And I wrote him back going, I'm poor, because you gave a tax cut to the rich. And then they responded, thank you, the president appreciates your response. 
<laughs> Yo, this nigga's trying to sell everything under the sun and more. Please don't vote for him. Don't vote for Kanye. Just vote blue down the ticket for the love of anything only. We gotta get out of this. <laughs> my name is Jasmine Shea. I hope you enjoyed another edition of Shay Says with my conversation with Miguel Fuller. I will catch you all on Monday. And I hope you have a great weekend. Till then, thank you. I appreciate you guys. I'm so glad we had this time together. Remember, always, always be you. You will never be erased. Not on my watch. And I'll check you all later. Remember to like, subscribe, and follow at ShaySays.com. Love you. Bye. A Samantha Ponzillo Media Production.